Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to the Southern Fans College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bradley Perry. I'm joined with my buddy, TJ, and we're just going to go over a couple of the um, games that were just played this past weekend in college football. We had a bunch of interesting games. We had Ole Miss, Kentucky, Georgia, Mizzou, Oklahoma got smoked by TCU. Um, But TJ, I just want to ask you first, man, which game really stood out to you this week and why? Well, first, thanks for having me back on the show again. And the next, I guess the game that stood out to me the most was, you know, my my team, Georgia and Missouri. I did not expect Missouri to play like that, but they did. And, I mean, just to look at it as a Georgia fan, Georgia looked bad. We can be honest. But, you know, it actually kind of reminded me of the Mark Rick era, um, this inability to win games that we're supposed to or these inability to play good in games that were supposed to just roll over, right? Um, we didn't win the line of scrimmage, you know. You can definitely see that we were hurting the whole time through the first three quarters. You know, we had a 481 yards um, total offense that game, and 169 of that was was running the ball. That's not how Georgia's been the past couple of weeks. It's been a lot more being able to run the ball, being able to control the line of scrimmage. And I wish I could pull up a stat, you know, to show how many times Mizzou got a QB hits after, you know, Stetson Bennett barely got the pass off. I would love to see that because I mean they were doing that all night to Stetson Bennett who, you know, is not good under pressure. We can be we've seen this the past two weeks. Kent State had the ability to get Stetson Bennett under pressure, and so did Mizzou. And, you know, I'm kind of worried about that going to these tougher teams that have better, you know, linebackers. Bama has a great linebacker core. And I'm just worried that are these defensive coordinators going to end up starting to rush in on us? You know what I'm saying? Like, and send the rush on us and make Stetson Bennett, you know, have to make quick decisions, which he's obviously not good at. And he's much more of let me sit back in the pocket, and if I have to scramble, I can scramble and make a pass, but don't make me make quick decisions to get the ball away, you know? Yeah, I actually agree. I um, I was watching that game. I was at a college football party um, later that night, and one of the most interesting things that I've noticed about Georgia this season as compares to last, um, last year you really just wanted Stetson Bennett to not lose you a game. You wanted him to go out there, manage the ball game, you know, limit mistakes, take care of the possession, and let your running back in your defense really carry the way for you. This year, I've noticed in the last two games, when Stetson Bennett doesn't play good, Georgia doesn't play good. Georgia looks like a completely different football team uh, the last two weeks than they did in the first two weeks of the season. And I even want to hit on this. I was watching, and something I didn't really understand why they did it. Maybe they did it because they just thought physically they would impose their will on Kent State and also Missouri. At the very end of the game uh, Saturday, they did a hurry-up. They were doing a quick, play, quick pace offense. And I don't understand why they didn't do that the whole game because Missouri literally could not stop it. They were getting first downs at will. They were moving the ball easily. And I was just, I didn't really understand why they, it's like they've come in the last two weeks and kind of just relied on prestige instead of execution. And when you know there's a legit mismatch in a, in a pace and tempo part of the game, you have got to execute that and exploit that. And that was just something that I didn't really understand why 
Georgia waited until they got down by, you know, 13 points to finally play with some some speed, which which they've obviously, you know, outnumbered Missouri in. Um, I also was really just kind of concerned with the line of scrimmage. Georgia, one of the one of the things about their offense and their defense is you could go ahead and say that the best offensive and defensive line in college football last year, in my opinion. This year, I even I was you know marked my words down. I thought Georgia was better this year than last. I'm gonna have to take that back. Um, they've looked very sluggish, very slow the last couple games. I don't know if it's one of those things where they're just overlooking their opponents because they don't have a little number attached to them. But I'm just I've been I was a little concerned. It, it's it's not that I don't think Georgia is still one of the best teams in the country. I think they're probably one or two. But it's just weird that you would have a funk two straight weeks. You have slow starts. Two straight weeks after, I mean, it's Kent State and Missouri. Missouri is considered probably the worst team in the SEC. Them or Vanderbilt. And it just was very, it was strange to see that. But, hey, they fought, you know, they fought and clawed their way to a four-point victory. Um, They absolutely dominated Missouri in the second half. Um, And I guess, you know, an ugly win's better than a a good loss. And so, with that being said, you know, you got to give them credit. They an SEC road wins always big, and you know Kirby Smart said there is no cupcakes in the SEC. Every game is going to be a challenge, and so you know props to them for getting the dub. I do want to get your take. I saw that you watched a little bit of the Kentucky um, and Ole Miss game. Um, just what did you think about that one in particular, uh, and what you know what is your reaction to that ball game? It was twenty? Was it a twenty-two to nineteen Ole Miss victory at home? What you got? Um, I just think Kentucky just looked like they weren't ready to be there. If you if you know what I mean, they just they just looked like they didn't want to play that day. They started off slow. I think they I think they had a did they have a couple turnovers too, if I'm not mistaken. And I just think that inability to move the ball against an Ole Miss team who I didn't think was that good. I honestly picked Kentucky to win. It was a no-brainer last week in my book, but I think the inability to move the ball or the inability to finish drives was a hard thing for the Kentucky Wildcats. Um, I just think also watching the quarterback play, he there was times Will Levis looked great, and I remember looking at – I think Brad and I were in the same place. I remember looking at him being like – yeah, this dude's making throws, and then then again, there's balls that he should have thrown away or get rid of that he didn't, and I was like, well, those are the mistakes that are going to eventually cost you a game, and sure enough, that Saturday it did. Yeah, I have to agree with you on a couple of those points. I do think Kentucky actually moved the ball at will when they when they were able to get the execution from the offensive line. I mean, Kentucky was – getting big plays, you know, left and right. I mean, Barry on Brown, a freshman receiver, averaged 54 yards a touch. I mean, that is unheard of from a Kentucky receiver. But I do want to hit on, you know, the it, particularly the fourth quarter because we could, you know, we could obviously bring up the two missed extra points, a miss, a blocked field goal, a safety where, the you know, if you're Will Levis, you have got to throw the ball away when you are on the – on the one-yard line, just throw the ball away and live to fight another down. And, you know, to end the game, wait, that's the thing. Kentucky's defense has now held Florida and Ole Miss, both on the road, to zero touchdowns in the second half. That is unheard of. Kentucky's defense, honestly, might be second or third in the SEC. But what I was so disappointed in was 
the mental errors that Kentucky made. I mean, they literally had this game in the bag. I mean, you're, you're literally first and 10 on the 12-yard line. Now, I'm not even going to get into the touchdown that was called back, you know, because at the end of the day, a flag was thrown and you can't do anything about an official calling a call. But you can throw the ball away, live to fight another down. And this game... For, as, for all the great things that Will Levis does for the Kentucky football program. And I do think he's the best quarterback in the country. I think if he had, if he had the offensive line of some of these other SEC schools, I think his numbers would be you know, out of this world. But you have got to have that internal clock that says, hey, this play's not developed. Just throw it, in, throw it into the dirt, throw it into the stands, and you get another, you get another chance to, to live and fight another down. I was so disappointed. Back-to-back drives. First and 10 inside the red zone, and you get zero points out of it because of two fumbles. Now, was Will Levis targeted on that first fumble? Absolutely. He was a complete helmet-to-helmet hit. But in full-speed action, a lot of referees aren't going to see that because Will Levis did duck his head, and he's not a defenseless he's not a defenseless um, target, but it's still a helmet-to-helmet contact hit, and they still should have thrown the flag. But I want to say I'm, I'm impressed with my boys. They, they fought hard. But man, Kentucky has got to be sitting here on Monday thinking we should be five and zero and probably top five in the country. That defense, that defense to hold a Lane Kiffin offense to three points in a whole second half of football. That I'm so happy because while we didn't get the victory, Kentucky should be five and zero, and that is that's kind of like something you have to take into consideration when you are bringing up the whole slate of the game, but you have to tip your, tip your hat to Ole Miss. You know, they made the plays at the end of the game, even though, you know, it made me sick as a fan. They won the football game, and Ole Miss is 5-0, and and they're in the top 10. Do I think Ole Miss is a top 10 team? No. But they're 5-0, and and you can't argue with numbers. Numbers are there. Numbers are real. And um, if you're a Kentucky fan, and if you're a Kentucky player, this one's got a sting, but you, you you still got a lot to be uh, to look forward to this year. And Ole Miss, you know, who knows? They can pull an upset here and um, maybe get another game. But I want to go ahead and uh, – did you say you had something else? Yeah, I did. Um, I just wanted to say when I say the inability to move the ball, I, I don't really mean like that they didn't move the ball up and down the field. What I mean is they couldn't put together drives and, they, and offenses rely more on like – big plays to secure them in their drives and you see this a lot in college and in high school where these teams rely on big plays to you know they rely on it. that's their that's their anchor is they're they're waiting for these big plays to get them out of the hole that they dug themselves in that's why you see a lot of offenses get themselves in third and tens or third and you know longer in high school and college where in the NFL you see more drives put together or you just see a four and out straight and quick because you know the difference between NFL and college and high school I believe is the ability to put drives together which you see in the NFL and the inability to to not put drives together in college and high school and rely on big plays. No, I agree. I agree. And in the last game I want to get into before we switch this to our uh, top five teams we have in the country, I just want to say a little piece on Oklahoma. Um, I actually spent a summer in Texas uh, last year, and I actually stayed with a diehard Oklahoma Sooner fan. And I... I cannot believe what I just saw last Saturday. To lose to TCU 
by 31 points, giving up 668 yards of total offense to a team that I don't think anyone thought was that good this season. Oklahoma was picked to win the Big 12, and they're 0-2 in the conference before we're not even in you know mid-October yet. And I just, if you're an Oklahoma fan, you've got to be well hitting the panic button at this point because not only did they give up 55 points, but they only put up 24. And it, it, with with all that being said, they have so much talent in in the form of recruiting on both sides of the football. There's no excuse for why a 55 to 24 loss to TCU should ever happen for an Oklahoma Sooner team who, who recruits and has the depth that they do. Um, Brett Venables um, actually was interviewed after the game, and he said, "You know, the players are ma- the players are doing everything that we've asked of them." It's it's on the coaches at this point, and you know I had to agree with him. Um, Oklahoma, man, what a tough what a tough look right now. But you know we'll get into that a little bit a little bit later on. Um, I you know TJ was wanting to get into this, and uh, you know why not? I, I love to talk about college football, so um, we're gonna move on to our top five teams as of right now in the college football season of 2022 to 2023. TJ, I'm going to let you go first because it, it felt like you were chopping at the bits at this one. Uh, what you got, brother? One through five. Give me. I just think so much has changed, and so I really wanted to talk about this subject. I think my number one team right now in my top five, I think I got Ohio State first and straight just because the depth and defense. I think their defense has always been you know, their, the Achilles heel for Ohio State the past couple of years, and this year I feel like they have a really good defense. And their depth, they have a depth on offense. You know, They didn't have the two best offensive players besides their quarterback the past couple games or since the start of the season, and now they're going to have them back. And that depth to keep them in there really shows. And we all know teams with depth, you, know, you don't ever drop off, you keep going. That usually is a sign for winning. So I, I have them at number one. And number two, I have Bama. Of course, you can't not take them. You can't take them out of the top two right now. I don't think anybody has dethroned them. I just think Ohio State is better simply on the fact that Bryce Young, Bryce Young's shoulder. I think him getting hurt just makes Ohio State better for this upcoming week. Um, you know, they're, they're backup quarterback would play at anywhere else in the country. I think he would start, you know, today, but, Bryce Young is just that game changer. That's why we had him in our top five quarterbacks, right? Because he is a game changer. I think with his shoulder being hurt, you know, he can't be number one. But if Bryce Young is in and he's playing this weekend, I have Bama at number one. But I think Ohio State would be my number one and Bama number two. And number three, I'm going to keep Georgia in the top three. I believe, you know, I believe they're a top three team in the nation. And I think next week we'll see them back in that you know, two or one spot just because I think Kirby's just going to get on them boys and he's going to get them right. But I think also we're going to get some wide receivers back. I think we need to take a look at our QB and I think we need to fix a lot of things. But if we get those things fixed, I wouldn't be surprised that Georgia climbs that rank again and be, be either two or one, you know, next week. Um, my fourth team is Michigan. Um, I just really think Michigan has a solid offense. I also think they just have the best offensive line in the country. They, you know, I just think they deserve that number three spots. I th- I have a bold prediction that you the four the third and fourth spot will come down to the Michigan Ohio State game. I think that will be one of the biggest games of the year, and I think whoever loses that game is knocked out of the college football playoffs. 
Um, I think that will be, like I said, one of the biggest games all year, and it will be so much fun to watch just to see who's I, – I don't think in a long time that has been a game like that. It's always been big. It's Michigan-Ohio State, but I don't think it's been big for a long time, and so I can't wait to see that game because obviously I believe the loser of that will be knocked out of the playoffs. And then fifth, I have Clemson. Um, I've seen – great things the past two games but i just need to see one more big game from them i think they'll re- get into my top four if they can just win one more really good game yeah, i think it'll just kind of from my mind put my mind at ease but i think those are the those are my top five for me yeah and i mean i i you know our, our lists aren't too different um i actually moved ohio state to number one this week um i did some research on their team and I you know for Ohio State to me it's more the eye test I I look at their team and so far if you're looking at you know margin of victory how they've looked on the field of play you look at the scores you look at the stats they've been the best consistent team in the country now when they beat Notre Dame 21 to 10 week one I was of the belief that Notre Dame was a good football team they were you know an actual top 10 opponent Obviously, as of right now, that couldn't be further from the truth. Notre Dame has lost to numerous opponents. Um, But I think I actually put Ohio State at one. I'm very impressed with their... Um, with C.J. Stroud, I think he's he's making a, a big case for the Heisman this year. Um, they're averaging, I think, like 46.8 points per game. Averaging somewhere between like 530 yards a game on offense. And it's like a perfect split. It's like 332 passing, 2... 220-something um, rushing. I think something else I really want to hit on is Ohio State hasn't really been tested, but they've also not been in a close game with someone that was an inferior opponent. Um, they'll, probably, they'll probably be looking at 7-0 and um, before they go to play Penn State, and that'll be the game where you really can kind of take, all right, we know Penn State's defense is legit. We know, we know Ohio State's offense is legit. You know, that's where the rubber meets the road, and we'll see them against the top 10 opponent. But for right now, I have to put them at number one. Uh, Alabama and Georgia have been very inconsistent in what their um, games have looked like, and that's just kind of where I have to go from here. At number two, I have Alabama because, you know, the only reason we would have Alabama out of the top two would be because of the game against Texas. And if you're going to do that to Alabama, you have to then also penalize Georgia the same way. Georgia is is not impressive right now. Um, they've had back-to-back very lackluster games. Um, I am definitely concerned with their, I don't know, they just don't seem like they're ready to play right now. And Alabama, for you know, for what it's worth, even with a second-string quarterback in, still beat a top-25 team by 21 on the road. Alabama looked like the best team in the country last week. Um, with Bryce Young or not, obviously I think he'll probably be out for one week. I think Alabama can probably hold and then without him. But Alabama, ultimately, it's going to come down to that game against Tennessee. If Bryce Young comes back and he's healthy and they are full strength against Tennessee, that game will really be a, a big deal um, to the rankings. But I just I had to. I had to put Alabama at two with the way Georgia's looked the last two weeks. It just only makes sense. Georgia, Georgia has not passed the eye test, but I do have them at three. Because at the end of the day, they still are winning football games. And you listen to Kirby Smart. Like like he said, there's no hard, there's no easy road game in the SEC. Now, the Kent State game, that was, there's no excuse. I mean, Georgia has got to win that game by more. Um, but they still won. 
and they're undefeated. And you can't, at the end of the day, when you have a zero on the loss you know, column, you got to get respected for something. I think Georgia's one of those teams that just whenever the, the team they're playing is not ranked, it just feels like they take their foot off the gas just a little bit. Now, they can't do that every week, or they're going to they're gonna mess around and lose one. But I don't think they will. I think they'll, they'll be back in the midseason form uh, coming next week. My number four team in the country was Clemson. They're coming off back-to-back victories against, row, or against ranked opponents. Um, they had a great game against NC State. Um, they really just shut down NC State's offense, which for what it's worth wasn't much. But I, I Clemson, you know, one of those teams that I just don't think is being talked about enough. I know because of last year's start, people wanted to pump the brakes on the hype with DJ Uliangalale, but I think he's legit. I think Clemson's got a lot, a lot of things moving for him, and they look like a top four team in the country right now. I wouldn't be surprised if they can sneak into the playoff. And I don't think anybody wants to play this Clemson team right now. They look like they're they're clicking on all cylinders. Number five, I had Michigan because they're unranked or undefeated, but Michigan still has a lot to be desired in my opinion. I'm waiting on the passing offense to show me more. I think it's J.J. McCarthy. I'm not a true believer in him. Um, I, I think McNamara or Mac, yeah, McNamara, whatever his last name was, I think he should have been able to keep his job. Um, because ultimately, I mean, what is he doing? What is J.J. McCarthy doing that McNamara wasn't already last year? Um, I agree with TJ in the fact I think they have a really good offensive line. Their running game is, you know, I think I think second to none. But if you're going to win in, the, in, in this day and age in college football, you have got to have a passing game. You've got to show me you have a deep threat. You've got to show me you can extend the field, go vertical. And right now, Michigan still has a lot to be desired in that aspect of the offense. And their defense is still very stout. But with, that's why I had them at five and Clemson at four. And, you know, since we're on the topic of teams, I want to move into a different segment. Um, this is the Who is the bigger disappointment? I've got... Texas A&M or Oklahoma? I'm going to read you a couple statistics, and that way you can give me your opinion. Texas A&M right now is 3-2. and two. And two of Texas A&M's wins have come by a combined total of 10 points. They're 109th in the country in passing. And they have no deep threat. Or Honestly, right now they're looking like there's a recipe for disaster for their season. This was obviously a top 10 ranked team when the season started. Jimbo Fisher had a whole lot to say in regards to his team. There's no excuses. They've got the recruits. They've got the money, the facilities, the talent. Why are they 3-2 and two with losses to Appalachian State and Mississippi State? It's a great question. On the other side, Oklahoma, 0-2 in their conference to start. They were obviously ranked very high this year as well. Um, Brett Venable's first year, you had a lot of um, expectations with the team, with the program. But 0-2 in the Big 12 at Oklahoma, that's enough to get you fired. You can't have a performance like you did against TCU again. If that happens again, he might not survive his first season at Oklahoma. And so I guess, TJ, what I'm asking is both have been disappointing. Both were very hyped entering the year. But in, in regards to Tennessee or Tennessee, Texas A&M and Oklahoma, both 3-2, and two, both are looking at very hard schedules coming down the stretch of the season. Who do you think is the bigger disappointment and why? I don't know. That's a hard one because I kind of have like I was so ready for the Texas A&M Bama game that now I just feel like you know Texas A&M has lost game day twice. 
you know, game day will probably not be going to Tuscaloosa for this game. And I think they lost them earlier against Miami, you know. My, they were going to game day was going to go to Texas A&M Miami and game day didn't show up because Texas A&M didn't show up the week before and I just and then Oklahoma we always just expect Oklahoma to be good you know those were just they had that history to be good and so coming in as a first year head coach and just not being that guy not being good that's disappointing too like you know we have Texas Oklahoma this weekend and Honestly, I think Texas is going to steamroll them. Like, I just think that's a shame for that rivalry in general. And so, bigger disappointment. I just think, I guess I'm going to have to go with Texas A&M, I think. I think Texas A&M had so much hope on their season. You know, you could use the excuse for Oklahoma that it's a first-year head coach, so you didn't really know. But, I mean, Jimbo Fisher has been there for five years, has given the fans hope. And now he's not delivering in this year. And so, and I'm just disappointed because this Texas A&M Alabama game is not as big as I feel like it should have been. And I think that's what disappoints me about Texas A&M. Yeah, I mean, I I have to agree with you. I think if we're going to be all the way honest, the only thing keeping Jimbo Fisher relevant right now at A&M is the fact that he beat Alabama last year. If he didn't have that win attached to his resume, I'm not sure he'd still be the coach there. I know they paid him a lot of money, and so the buyout would be extremely high. But let's just keep it real, guys. He's got the best recruiting classes in the country, you know, top top five every year. I think something that's interesting with me is that for a man who had a whole lot to say in the preseason, your football team hasn't said much. And I also just want to hit on something. I think that Texas A&M really gave um, Kevin Sumlin a really hard time for the fact that he just couldn't get them to that national prominence that I think A&M thinks they're supposed to be at. Newsflash, they're not. Texas A&M does not have as much tradition as their fan base would like to think. But that's why they went and hired Jimbo Fisher. He was supposed to be the guy that comes in, changes the culture, brings a winning attitude, hires the right staff, brings the recruits, Yada, 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 wins the SEC West, competes with Alabama, so on and so forth. And honestly, right now, we're looking at A&M's schedule. They might not win, a, win six games. I mean, you cannot convince me that they're going to they're, they're gonna win, you know, most of their games remaining in the SEC West. I don't think there's a chance they beat Alabama this week. I think, you know, I'm like TJ. I was so excited to see this football game. And honestly, you could even tell week one with Sam Houston State. Something is not there with A&M. 109th in the country in passing. That there's, I'm, I don't know how many there is now, but I remember at one point in time there was only 126 D1 teams in the country. 109th, and they're in the SEC. You cannot win in the SEC. You cannot compete with Alabama. You cannot compete with the Clemson. You cannot pe- compete with Georgia if you do not know how to pass the football. And I'm just going to say something for all the A&M hype. There's been a lot less of a true like substance there. There, the only thing that can save a And M season at this point is a victory this Saturday against Alabama. And I'm gonna be honest with you, there's no way that's happening. There's no way, and I hope that it does. That way, I'm wrong, and we have something to talk about next week. But man, just what a terrible showing. 
of a such a hyped football team this year. Um, they, they've got to be the biggest disappointment. Now, with Oklahoma, new coach, new culture, they're in a transitional state because they're kind of in the middle of a conference change from the, the, big, the big 12 and SEC. And for what that's worth, there's something there. But, man, A&M, no excuses. They were so ready to run Kevin Sumlin out the door. But literally, they, him and Jimbo Fisher had the same record at this point in their career at A&M. That's, there's something wrong there. They're not going to fire him this year. They owe him too much money. I think they're going to give him one more season. That's if he doesn't beat Alabama. If they beat Alabama this Saturday, he'll be okay. If they lose and lose big, you're looking at a team that might end up actually not making a bowl game this season, which is just, to even think that sentence would be in the same stratosphere with A&M this season is, well, it's, it's just sad. And, um... Yeah, biggest disappointment so far. Got to be A&M. Uh, moving on, TJ, I'm going to ask you another question. What is the biggest surprise in the country for you? Would you say it's Tennessee or Ole Miss? I'll give you a couple of stats on both. Tennessee is tied first in the SEC East with the Georgia Bulldogs. They're 4-0 with wins against Florida and Pittsburgh. Both at the time were ranked opponents. Tennessee looks good. Tennessee's offense looks legit. Their defense looks improved. On the other side, I had Ole Miss. Ole Miss obviously was very underhyped, I think, very overlooked when the season started, but they're undefeated. And, you know, if we're going to say Kentucky's a good team, you've got to say Ole Miss is a good team. They won against Kentucky, a top 10 team in the SEC, a legitimate top 10 team in the SEC, and they won the game, and they won it defensively, something that Lane Kiffin's not really known for, but they showed some grit and some fight in that game, and they made the plays to win it. I mean, they're 4-0. I mean, they're undefeated. And so, I mean, I think they might actually be 5-0. I might be wrong on that. Anyway, 4-0, yeah. Anyway, Teej, who do you think? Tennessee or Ole Miss? Biggest surprise so far in the year and why? Honestly, I'm going to have to go with um, Tennessee, I think, is the biggest surprise. Because Ole Miss, I just feel like they're doing the same old, same old that they've been doing. You know, they win a bunch of easy games and then have that one big win against, you know, a great caliber team. I think the Kentucky Wildcats are a team to, you know, say they're good. Like, that's a good win. That's a great win. I think Kentucky can go into any place in the SEC tomorrow and have a good game against anybody. So that was a you know good win. I beat like beating Alabama or something like that. That's their big old Miss's big win of the year. So I don't think I'm really surprised with Old Miss. I'm more surprised with Tennessee. Tennessee has two top ten wins this year. Like that's crazy. Beating teams like Pitt or Florida, and you know they go in and they're they're playing LSU this week, and I think they'll win that game, and then they play Alabama, and I think. That's going to be Alabama's closest game so far this year will be against Tennessee. I didn't believe it because I'm thinking Georgia Bulldogs are just going to run the East this year. But I'm thinking Tennessee-Georgia might be – it's going to be a huge game. I'm not going to say it might be. It's going to be a huge game. It's going to see who wins the East because I don't think right now there's any contenders in the East for that besides them too. I thought Kentucky might – Go up there, but I'm going to give them one more year. I think next year they might be a contender for the East, like a true, true contender. But I think Tennessee Tennessee is the biggest surprise. I didn't think they were going to contend for the East like they are. Yeah, I um, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I have been very high on Tennessee 
even going into last year, I think they lost. A, the, the, the thing about Tennessee is they're so inconsistent with the games that they've won in the past. Now, this year was finally the year for them to. They had two early big games with Florida and Pittsburgh. Um, and they won them both. In the Pittsburgh game, you know, they won that with their defense. They, their offense was making a lot of mistakes, had receivers dropping a lot of balls. And I'll say, you know, for what it's worth, I thought Tennessee was a good team. I didn't think Ole Miss was a good team. But they've proved me otherwise. And so this is such a hard thing to um, to say because personally I saw this coming with Tennessee. I thought Tennessee was well poised. They have experience now. They have returning starters. They've got a returning quarterback who knows his system and plays it to the best of his ability. He's a very good quarterback in Hinden Hooker. And their fan base just seems bought in on this season in particular. This is the make or break year for Tennessee. Either you compete for the East this year and you continue to build on your momentum, or this was going to be the year where if it didn't work again, you're like, well, they ever. But boy, are they ever. They look like they could actually beat the Georgia Bulldogs. The way that Georgia's been playing the last couple weeks, why would they not? And so I'm as much as I want to say Ole Miss in this, because I I thought Kentucky was going to beat Ole Miss by a couple of scores, um, I've got to go Tennessee. Do I think Tennessee will win the East? No, I do not. I don't think Tennessee. I do think Tennessee. I think Tennessee will drop to Kentucky. I think Tennessee will drop to Georgia, and they might have a sneaking upset in there because that's something Tennessee tends to do every year: is one game where they are the clear favorite and they drop it. But if you want me to be honest, five weeks into the college football season, yes, Tennessee, the biggest surprise, top ten. They weren't even ranked to start the season. You've got to give them credit. They've been winning the big games when they've had to. But they'll be able to prove themselves here in a couple weeks when when old Alabama comes to town. Um, and then for that, you know, we're going to give the hat to the Vols. Like we did last week, we're going to do some picks on the top 25 um, games of this upcoming week. As well as I want to revisit a couple of our upset picks last week. Um, I want to go ahead and hit on mine. I couldn't have been more wrong on the Alabama-Arkansas game. I was getting a little bit of hope when Arkansas started creeping back in the game, cut it to five, but, you know, then Alabama had a couple plays, and just like that, the game was over. I was wrong on that one. Couldn't have been more wrong on the Oregon State-Utah game. That's on me. Um, So, you know, for what it's worth, I was right with Purdue and Minnesota. I just saw that Purdue game as a trap game. I still think Minnesota will win the rest of their ball games. Um, I was wrong with Kentucky, even though I still think Kentucky is the better team. I think Lane Kiffin, if he was being 100% honest, all bias laid aside, I think he would even admit that he got, he stole that one. But, you know, I just wanted to revisit some of the games I picked. I was definitely wrong on Alabama. They earned a lot more respect for me this week. I was right with Purdue, Minnesota. Wrong on the Kentucky game. Wrong on the Oregon State game. And so I just wanted to say, you know, I can see where I was wrong. And, you know, these other teams have earned my respect. Um, Utah looks legit. Um... <laughs> Ooh, you know, Alabama, Arkansas, that one was, I had to take the, that one on the chin. Um, and Purdue, thank you for making me look like I at least know a little bit about college football. Kentucky, well, you broke my heart again, but it's all right. It's going to be fine. Um, TJ, you got any um, any reviews on your picks from last week that you want to hit on real fast? So my pick that 
Mississippi State would upset Texas A&M. Um, that was a true thing. Texas A&M is not who people, the Texas A&M fan base thought they were. I mean, we can just look at the recap or the play or the stats real quick. And, um, it was just not good for Texas A&M. It was just not, that was, that was a horrible game for them. I think another game I picked was, I only had one upset, right? I only had one upset, right? I'm not so sure, man. I can't really remember. Um, I think another game I had was, you know, of course I said Alabama was going to be Arkansas. I knew Arkansas was not who they said they were. Um, just the inability to win in big games has been Arkansas's problem. And I think actually, you know, due to others, contrary to what others believe, I don't think KJ, I think KJ Jefferson at this point is a bad thing for Arkansas. I think he lacks the ability to be clutch. I think he lacks ability to win big games, and I think they will be better with fresh people. I like their backup quarterback. I think he's a lot more movable. I think he's a lot more just what Arkansas needs right now. I think he has that flash. Um, I think another pick that I had from last week was Michigan was going to be Iowa. Praise God, Iowa lost. You know, that's what my dad taught me is always praise when Iowa loses. So that's another game. Um TCU, Oklahoma. I did not think TCU was just going to run in there. I thought Oklahoma was not good. I knew they weren't a top 10 team, but I didn't think that TCU was just going to come in and wreck them like they did. I mean, hats off to TCU for doing that. But I think those are the picks that I wanted to look at and highlight this week of, you know, just things that I saw. And, man, TCU, you just did a number to Oklahoma hopeful, man. They are ruined for this whole week. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I gotta agree, man. Oklahoma, man. If you're a Sooner fan, uh, that'll break your spirits. I know that. I know that feeling. Um, but with that being said, you know, let's go ahead and and jump into our our week six um picks. I've got a couple of the games pulled up here. We're gonna go over some top twenty five matchups, and uh, we're just gonna give our our takes on who we think is gonna win and why. I'm going to start with a very intriguing game um, featuring a team we literally just talked about, Tennessee and LSU. This has trap game written all over it. Why? Because Tennessee plays Alabama in two weeks. Why? Because people are finally high on Tennessee and nobody's talking about LSU. And those are the kind of games that Tennessee loses. Do I think Tennessee's going to lose to LSU? My gut says no. But if it happened, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm, I'm very surprised that Tennessee's only a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I think that means the country does believe that there is some substance behind LSU possibly getting this upset. Um, but for being honest, I can't just sit here and say Tennessee's the biggest surprise, you know, all that, and then pick them to lose the very next week. But I be, be careful, Vols. Be careful. This is a game where LSU would love to come in there and ruin your season. But for what it's worth right now, I'm picking the Vols. TJ, what you got? I mean, we all know going into Death Valley like that is going to be tough, man. You know, going into LSU to try to win a road game. But I think Tennessee does pull this out. I just think their hooker and the boys are just going to go in there and, you know, handle business. Will it be pretty? Maybe. Maybe not. But I think Tennessee will handle business. I did think it was crazy on the power index that the matchup predictor had 
you know, LSU favored 58.3% over Tennessee's 41.7. But honestly, I think Tennessee will go in there and handle business like we expect them. I don't think it will be a huge blowout, but I think they'll handle business in a, you know, in a close game. All right. Next game I want to hit on. An interesting matchup. I never thought in my wildest dreams that I would be making a selection on this game in week five or what is it? Week six of the college football season. We have the 17th ranked TCU Horn Frogs, the 19th ranked Kansas Jayhawks. Jayhawk Nation, you finally got what you asked for. You're ranked. Now, will you let us down? I'm going to be honest, guys. I got to take TCU. I understand, you know, there's a pipe dream going down the road of Kansas is a good team. Dude, I'm sorry. I'm not a believer. They have they have not won top 25 victory yet this season. I'm not impressed with their wins. I mean, their best win to me was the West Virginia game, and West Virginia I don't think has won more than one game since. There's no way you can convince me Kansas is the top 25 team in the country right now. This game will be the game. If they're going to make a believer out of me, Beat TCU. Beat the team that just beat Oklahoma by 31. Prove to me that you really are a top 25 team this year. But I will say, man, for what it's worth, I almost put them as the biggest surprise because obviously you can make that pick. But I really wanted to keep it SEC central. Um, But for what it's worth, man, Kansas, I love you. I understand this is your this is your year. You've you know exceeded expectations beyond belief. But come on, guys. We're not really going to believe that Kansas is going to beat TCU after TCU just drummed Oklahoma like they did. Um, you know, even the, uh, I think ESPN gave TCU like a 67 to 68% chance to win this game. And I I get it. It's the it's the underdog. It's, they finally got, you know, college game days coming to Lawrence. Well, I don't think college game day, game day will come back to Lawrence ever again. I am predicting a TCU beatdown and an ending to the madness that is called Kansas Jayhawk football. Dude, I get it. I am a fan of a traditional blue bud college football team on the basketball side. Kansas, it's time to cheer on basketball, fellas. This is going to be the end of your little dream season. Not trying to be disrespectful, but I'm not impressed. Your wins have not been that impressive. I mean, they just haven't. They don't have a single ranked victory yet. So this game right here, if they win this game, I'll open the next episode with a five-minute segment on the Kansas Jayhawk football team. And I'll give you you know, five cool stats on Kansas football and why we should all pick them to win the national championship, so on and so forth. Whatever. Kansas is going to lose. TCU in this one. TJ, what you got? Um, so I'm worried about stuff about TCU. I'm worried that what if they fall into that big game hype? And they try to say we'll go in and roll team roll Kansas. They've been rolling teams all year, you know. With Col- they beat Colorado thirty thirty eight to thirteen. They beat Tarlington, you know, fifty nine to seventeen. They beat SMU forty two to thirty four. Then they just come out and do the same thing to Oklahoma fifty five to twenty four. Do they fall into this thing? You know, oh, it's gonna be easy. This is just Kansas. No, they don't. They blow Kansas out. I'm I'm I I was trying to make a point for him, but come on, really, we all know TCU is just gonna roll over them. Um, but I do see where Kansas. This is a big game for Kansas. If Kansas can win, it will set up Coach Lance Lippold to get out of Kansas. 
to go to a good football team. If he can have a successful season this year, which, I mean, they have. They're 5-0, and right? So they've had a successful season. But if he can be t- put some teams under his resume, good teams, man, Lance, you just better get out of Kansas go to a coach at a really good school. <laughs> yep, definitely not in Kansas anymore. I want to give a quick stat on something I think if you're a Jayhawk fan, you don't want to hear this. But if you are a college football fan, this is interesting to note. The last time Kansas was 5-0 was 2009. Would you like to know how they finished that season? Let me tell you, 5-7. and seven. They didn't win another game. And with all due respect, I get it, Kansas, you're 5-0. and oh. But let's not let this one loss turn into seven in a row. Let's take it for what it is, finish maybe eight or nine wins, and have yourself a great season. Um I just, I don't know, man. I, I know I sound like a homer. I know I sound like the, one of the most disrespectful people in the media, but I just have to say they've got to prove something to me before I can just pick them to win a ranked football game. It's Kansas, and I, I, I just can't buy into it yet. Um, next game I want to hit on, my Wildcats. We're taking on the South Carolina Gamecocks this week. Um, at home, I fully intend for Kentucky to bounce back this week. It's going to be a rocking environment at home um, against the Gamecocks. You know, the preseason there was a lot of trash talk from the Gamecock faithful, but, I mean, do we even have to say why um, no one's talking about them? Come on, guys. They're 3-2. and two. Pretty sure they're 0-2 in the conference. Um, they've been drummed by both, team they've, both teams they've played. I'm not a believer in Spencer Rattler whatsoever. There's a reason why he lost his job at Oklahoma. You know, I know Caleb Williams is good, but Spencer Rattler makes too many mistakes. I have, I feel like Kentucky, if Kentucky cannot, because so Kentucky has a thing where we tend to let one really big loss turn into two or turn into three. Kentucky has got to put this loss against Ole Miss behind them because there's still so much to play for this season. And I think I don't think Mark Stoops will let his team the Kentucky football of old would have let this loss become two. But Kentucky is better than, than, than South Carolina on every part of the team. There's no way. There's no way that I'm picking against my Cats. Still a top 15 team in the country. South Carolina's proved to me nothing except that they have a coach who talks a lot with nothing to back it up. I mean, he does. he might be the corniest coach in the SEC I've ever heard one. But, I mean, come on. You know, we, I'm pretty sure Kentucky's beaten South Carolina nine in the last ten years. In most games, you know, have been Kentucky's covered in the last nine, the spread. So for that and that reason alone, got to pick my Wildcats. Really looking for a good bounce back victory here. I think Chris Rodriguez actually is going to be the difference in this ball game. I think Kentucky finally has a game where they only give up maybe two sacks. I think finally Kentucky's offensive line. It's going to give us a game to be proud of. I think they'll come in here. I'm, I'm predicting Kentucky to win by maybe 14. I'm taking 28 to 14, 31 14, something of that nature. TJ, what you got? I mean, Gamecock fans right now are like, man, tell me this is the game. Spencer Rattler finally evens up his touchdown to interceptions. You know, he needs three more touchdowns to even up his seven interceptions that he's thrown this year already. But, man. That's not going to happen. But I do think this is a big game for Kentucky. I mean, this is a statement game. This is, you know, we got banged up at Ole Miss. We got hurt. We might have to go limp back to Lexington. 
But this is a game where you stand tall and you have to beat the Gamecocks right here, and you can't fall into that you know little lull that you you were talking about by losing more games than you should. This is not a bad Kentucky team. I hate that people are putting the thing of oh they're just like who we thought they were Kentucky. This is not a bad Kentucky team. This is a good Kentucky team, and they need to show that this weekend, and they need to just go. You know, give them a big old goose egg to South Carolina this weekend and really prove who they are in the SEC. Yeah, I, I do think this could be a game where South Carolina kind of brings their season back into what you consider to be success. But this is not the Kentucky team of old. I think Kentucky will come out motivated, confident. I think they'll come out angry, ready to put their foot on another team's neck after, you know, letting a game slip. Um, I look for the Kroger Field to be rocking. It's going to be a fun game. I wish I could go to it, but, you know, obviously I'm picking my cats. Next game, Tej, we got to hit on it. Your boys, this is the oldest rivalry in the South. Good old-fashioned hate. Auburn against the number two Georgia Bulldogs on CBS at 2.30 p.m. where I'm at. I think it's 3.30 Eastern time, actually. I'll be honest, everything in me wants to think that Auburn will make this a game. Why? Because I just think Auburn Auburn needs this. If you talk to Auburn fans, they actually kind of want Auburn to lose because they want Brian Harzen out. They're sick of him around, you know, around um, Auburn country. I'll be honest, I don't. I just don't think Auburn has the firepower in this one. I think that they'll come out. And I, I, I personally, I think it's going to be a game where you see Georgia finally flex their muscles a little bit. This could be a game where it's just, it's just fun. It's just fun to beat your rival, even when they have a down year. It doesn't matter. It's always fun. It's always a good win. It's always a feel-good win to beat your rival. And I think that finally Georgia is going to have a day where they just show we are the best team in the country and we're going to show you it. And I think, you know, I think they'll I think they'll dominate the offensive line. Um I do think Auburn will play hard. I mean, they're playing for something, they're playing for respect. I think this game means probably a lot more to Auburn than it does Georgia, but I just I think Georgia has too much firepower. They're the better team on paper, they're the better team on the field. I expect nothing less than, you know, maybe a 17 to 20 point victory um for the Georgia Bulldogs in this one. TJ, what you got? I mean, I'm going to pick my boys, UGA. I think I'm going to pick my boys, Georgia. I don't think Auburn goes into Athens and beat them. I mean, come on. Kirby's going to get on these boys, like I said at the beginning, and I think we'll turn things around. Like I said, I think after this week, I mean, you have to if you're Georgia. You've had two horrible weeks. This has to be the game where you turn it around. The pressure's on, boys. Don't let Auburn Tigers come in there and ruin you know, our lives again like they've done in past years. I won't stand for it. I will go cry and be locked up in my room for days if you let that happen. Come on, boys. I'm calling you out right here. You better go put a whooping on these Auburn Tigers. I can't stand them. I don't like them. And fans, you can come at me, but I do not like the Auburn Tigers. And so you better go whoop some stuff. You know what I'm talking about. With all that being said, um, this is just a good old-fashioned SEC football game. You know, you got two really passionate fan bases. You got two, you know, solid traditional teams. Um, 
but Georgia head and shoulders above Auburn this year. Last game on the top 25 slate. I want to hit on one that's pretty interesting. I've been kind of looking at it since we've been sitting here. Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. Now, on paper, this doesn't look like, you know, a pretty big game. But I don't know why I feel like Texas Tech is scary in this one. They're a 9.5 point underdog to Oklahoma State right now. Um, the game's at 2.30 Eastern. I just, I watched the Texas Tech-Texas game. They won the game. They, for the most part, dominated the offensive line. I do think they were... <laughs> Obviously, B. John Robinson fumbled the game away, but this is my game where I'm like, could we see Texas Tech in Oklahoma's dream season? I'm going to say no right now, but man, I don't know why my gut cannot stop looking at that game. Oklahoma State's coming off the biggest one of their season. Everyone's finally given them the national respect they deserved in the top 10. They're obviously now the favorite to win the Big 12 I've got to say, just for right now, Oklahoma State will win. I don't think they cover. I think they probably win the game by seven. I think the game is very close, but I've got to take Oklahoma State Cowboys because, hey, I'm riding high on them this year. They proved me right against Baylor. They're going to win their conference. They got a shot at, uh, at you know, getting a little, sneaking in for a little spot to play off. They got a good quarterback. He's very under the radar, but you heard him here first. I think his name's like, Sebastian Stevenson or something. I, I know it's probably terrible. I probably just botched it, but love their quarterback at OSU. Um, yeah, but I'm taking the Cowboys. TJ, who you got? I'm going to do it, Brad. I, I'm going to pick Texas Tech to win this game. I'm going to pick the upset because I just think Texas Tech is sneaky. They have two top 25 wins. I know they have two top 25 losses with that also, but I think they snuck up on Texas. And I think they'll sneak up on Oklahoma State. Do I have like a specific reason? No. But I just feel in my gut that they're going to do it. And so am I willing to be wrong? Totally. Is this a hot take? Yes, it is. But I'm willing to be wrong because I'm going to ride with Texas Tech on this one. Yeah, I mean, I've got I've got to, you know, I understand where you're coming from. But I, I can't buy in yet. Um, all right. Last part of our picking slate before I turn this over to TJ for the high school spotlight. I want to pick. We had to pick one upset per week. You obviously just picked yours with Texas Tech over Oklahoma State. I am going to shock some people. I'm going to shock some people. I am picking. The Vanderbilt Commodores to beat Ole Miss. 110% do not know why I'm picking this game. But there is something about Ole Miss that I feel is still a little fraudulent. I think they're a good team. There's something I feel about Ole Miss. I think they will overlook Vanderbilt. I think Vanderbilt's offense is much improved. They're, I mean, they're, they're a huge underdog in this game. 18.5 um, is the spread. But I do not know why. I've got to roll with the doors in this one. Vanderbilt, stand up. Commodore Country, what is it? Fin up or whatever. Is it anchor down? Whatever they're saying is. Nashville strong. Proved me right now. 
Make me look like the smartest guy in college football this week. I'm picking the Doors over the Rebels. I think Ole Miss will be riding high off of their victory against the Cats. I think that makes for a very scary and beatable team this upcoming week. Um, but, yeah, that is, that's all I'm going to say on that regard. Um, that does it for our segment of picking the college football top 25 games this week. DJ has been wanting to do a segment on high school. We love high school sports here. We both played high school football, and we've been talking a lot about having a segment where we simply just shout out um, a high school team or player, someone that's caught our eye, and because TJ knows more about high school football than I do, I'm going to let him have this segment. Um, TJ, Mike is yours. High school, high school spotlight number one, who do you got? Yeah, so this week we got... This my man Ethan Knox. He's been killing it up in Pennsylvania. He's a running back. He's a junior. He's six one 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 ninety. Um, he's over the you know over the season he has two thousand over two thousand yards, averaging ten yards a carry. He has over one hundred and sixty or one hundred and ninety six yards or one hundred and ninety six carries. He averages over three hundred and fifty yards a game. Twenty four touchdowns. And so I just think this dude has big things coming for him. He doesn't have any offers yet. He recently just went on a visit to Pitt. Um, he's a junior in the class of 2024. I think we can expect big things from him. Like right now, he's leading the country in rushing yards. Like that's amazing to do as a junior. I just think there's a lot more for, you know, coming for Ethan. And so shout out, Ethan. You know, Oil City, you just keep turning and burning up in Pennsylvania, okay? Turning and burning sounds like a uh, a Christian saying there. Turn or burn, but Ethan Knox, stand up, my guy. You're our first high school spotlight ever. With that being said, I think this concludes the second episode of the Southern Fan College Football Podcast. Again, I am your host, Bradley Perry. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. I want to thank you guys for giving us your time. This does mean a lot to me. This means a lot to TJ. We just really appreciate all the support we've been given. Um, yeah, and I'm just thankful that we get to bring you guys something that we're so passionate about. And we're thankful that you guys are receptive. Um, if you would, please leave us a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcast, And don't forget to subscribe. Um, but, yeah, with that being said, just want to, you know, hope you guys have a good rest of your day. God bless you. Um, and yeah, we look forward to bringing you all of our reactions to next week's college football games. Um, yeah, until then, see you later. Have a good day. Hey guys, if you're wanting to stay connected with all things the Southern fan, Please follow us on all social medias at The Southern Fan. And thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your day.